How are we doing today, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Competing for Christ podcast. My name is Ken Burke, and on today's episode, I have Covenant College basketball player and All-American Will Crumley on. How are you doing today, Will? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, Ken. I'm so glad you got to come on. Uh, I think our discussion is going to be a really, really great one for sure. So for those of you who don't know Will, uh, this man is an outstanding basketball player and probably one of the tallest individuals I know. Uh, <laughs> coming from a guy that's 5'9", uh, let me just tell you, very, very blessed. <laughs> but first and foremost, can you just give a brief uh, background about your career as a Christian athlete? Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I started playing basketball when I was probably five or six. Um, immediately got into upward. And that was I, upward might be my favorite time of basketball because, you know, we get snacks after the games and, uh, you know, it's just a great time. And, you know, from upward, I, I went to a school that allowed homeschoolers to play. So I was homeschooled up until my sophomore year of high school. So, you know, my family kind of had to look around for different opportunities for me to play. So went to a middle school or played at a middle school, excuse me, and then ended up going to North Cobb Christian my sophomore year. And, you know, that was a, just a huge step up for me in terms of competition. Um, we played, we were a single A private school and, you know, our coach did a great job of scheduling a lot of 5A, 6A schools that we played over the course of the year. So, you know, we were going up against guys that, you know, had already committed to division one schools and, really great teams and at first I, I hated it because i wasn't ready for it and yeah. and you know these these guys are just better than i was and you know but i kind of learned to adjust and and uh you know obviously improved a little bit as a player and you know came to love it came to love the competition and uh graduated from there in 2017 and and went to covenant and now i'm a, a grad student here using my COVID year to play a fifth year mm. awesome yeah how has it been uh, at Covenant throughout your throughout your time, it's been awesome. Um, I've, I've been really, really blessed to be able to be a part of this program and community. When I was looking for schools to go to, I my mom was the one that kind of she was like, you know, you should you should uh, check out Covenant and and we were we were driving back from a different visit, and I just saw it up on the mountain. And I'm super afraid of heights. Uh, I know, you know, I'm, I'm a tall guy, but I just, I can't deal with heights that well. So I was like, you know, I don't want to go to a, a Christian school on top of a mountain. Like I just, I have zero interest in that, but obviously, you know, things changed and, and, you know, I got to come up on a visit and I absolutely loved it. And it's been, I mean, it, like I said, it's been a huge blessing. Um, the, the team as well as coach young and the culture that he's created have been pretty incredible um, and have helped me grow over the last four years going up five. So it's, I mean, I've, I've absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's, Seeing the culture and the team that Nick Young has built is just outstanding. Uh, it's definitely great for Covenant, especially what all the sports have gone through. I mean, you pretty much have to work from ground up when you come when you come to Covenant uh, as a new coach. Um, mm -hmm. But going back, why why did you choose Covenant? Yeah, um, so I Covenant was like the last school that I visited in late February of my senior year, and you know, starting in the fall, you know, right before school started, I would go to different schools and, you know, spend weekends there and hang out with the players and, and, you know, meet with coaches and stuff like that. And I didn't really like the recruiting process because you kind of know as a player that a lot of the things that are said to you, like you're obviously getting, you know, best foot forward every time you mm -hmm. go on a visit. When you, you talk to anybody, they're going to talk up the school and it's going to be really positive. And 
So, you know, I understood that going to different schools. Um, and the thing that my last AAU coach and my parents stressed to me was, you know, you, you need to find a place where if basketball kind of, if it ends for you before your college years are over somewhere, like find somewhere that you would love to stay without basketball. Mm. You know, I, I would go to these schools. I, you know, I visited schools like Lee and Alabama Huntsville and Swanee and Barry and, and a lot of schools in the area. And, you know, one school, I love the team and thought they had a great culture. But I look at the academics and I say, man, like, I just I don't see a place for me that I'd really fit in. And I'd love to be a part of this community outside of the basketball team. Or I'd go to a place and, you know, I didn't really like the basketball team, but the school was fantastic. And I absolutely loved it. But, you know, up until I started talking to Covenant and, and went on that visit, I had not found a place where those two came together. And, you know, Covenant was that first was really the only place for me where I saw that. And, you know, I guess not to like talk down those other places, but they just weren't right for me, I don't think. Um, and when I got to Covenant, we I got to come up on a game day. So it was, you know, Nick Palmer, Bailey Sprague you know, Berto Dryden, Stefan Bright, Jared Yock, like a lot of the guys that were still here, you know, mm -hmm. when, when I showed up were there and they had a team meal before the game. And I, you know, I remember walking into the great hall and I saw they had pushed a bunch of tables together and the whole team was sitting together and you had freshmen sitting next to seniors. And there wasn't really a lot of class division, which is something else that I saw a good amount of at different schools. And I thought that was really special. And, just, you know, over the course of the conversation and the way the guys carried themselves while I was there was really, really impressive. I, you know, I just, I loved it. And I, and I thought it was just going to be a really special place. And I don't know. I mean, I really don't know how I made such a good decision as a high schooler. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I just could feel like it was a good place for me and it was going to be tough for me in a way that would cause me to grow uh, as a person. So luckily I was, I was able to stumble into a good decision after uh visiting covenant but you know it's that's you know that's probably the best way i can put that story i can relate to that so much um like you said i was in the recruiting process and obviously you go to these colleges and they're like oh we have the best facilities we have the best academics mm -hmm. you're going to be a great fit here and i'm just like i'm just not feeling it i'm really not and then we were touring schools in georgia uh for baseball and they're like, what about Covenant? Coach Simons had emailed me beforehand. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I looked on the website. It looks kind of like a church camp. It's just kind of like, <laughs> we. <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of, it kind of looks weird. But my parents talked me into coming up here and get on campus. And I absolutely love it. Everybody's so friendly. And like you said, the team just felt like there was no division. It just felt like everybody wanted to win and everybody wanted to just get closer and build that chemistry no matter what class you're in or no matter where you came from and it was such a it was so different coming from my background um in high school where the seniors were seniors and you knew who the freshmen were and it was just there was a split you know what i mean mm -hmm. but like you said I don't know how I made that decision as a high schooler to come up here because it was, it might've been the best decision of my life so far because it was so, so beneficial to me, not only in baseball, but with my growth with God in, in my walk. And I tell anybody that comes on a visit just to 
come here. Just don't don't look anywhere, anywhere else. Just come here, please. <laughs> you will not <laughs> yeah. regret it. Yeah. So going into our conversation today, um, it's going to be a lot about success and and failure in our sports uh, and even in life. So first question I have for you is, as a Christian athlete, what motivates you? I think it really depends on like how focused I am when I when I go into you know practice or a workout or, or game day. Um, and I think you know if if it was just me and you know I didn't do a good job of getting focused or you know I came into a game and kind of a selfish mindset, it would be that like you know being the guy with the ball in his hands a lot, you know scoring a lot of points, kind of really you know being the guy and. Uh, I guess that it sounds, you know, pretty arrogant because it is. Um, and, you know, after I experienced some, some success, you know, over the course of my career, that's been something that like I've really had to fight where I, I have to understand that, you know, basketball, like being on a team and being part of the program that we're in is not about me at all. So last year, our first meeting of the season, coach uh, hands out these binders for all the players, you know, where we put our meeting notes, scouts, uh, like it plays that they print off for us. But when you open it up, it, the first thing that it says in bold on the, on the first page is it's not about you. And, uh, you know, I think that's just a very powerful message because basketball is very much a team sport. And, uh, you know, I think even, you know, baseball, you can say the same thing really for any team sport, you can have good players and, and you can have guys that you go to at certain points in the game. But if everyone isn't locked in on the same goal and isn't prepared you know, it'll result in a loss um, and it'll result in a lot of disappointment as a team. And, you know, over the course of my time at Covenant, I think that motivation to go out and play really hard and give everything that I have for our team has, has shifted from just wanting to have fun and being excited that I'm a college athlete to, you know, caring a great deal about my teammates and playing for them. And, you know, even if that isn't, you know, on the mark of, you know, I'm, I want to, play for Jesus and glorify him in everything that I do. Um, you know, that was kind of the next step for me in my journey or time as an athlete was one of the major reasons that I'm still playing basketball is because of my teammates, because of the culture that we're in and, and how much I love those guys. So, you know, every day when I go out to play games during the season, I'm thinking like, man, like I, you know, I can't let these guys down. I, you know, I'm expected to do certain things. I have to play well for them. And, the, the, the games that stick in my mind the most are the ones that I don't play well or that I fail and, mm. and, you know, I let those guys down. And I guess, you know, you could say I put a lot of pressure on myself to hold myself up to a standard where, you know, I'm doing everything I can so that those guys on the team can succeed and have, you know, and, and you know, have that joy of winning. So at the end of every season when we, you know, inevitably lose, you know, those seniors, their season's over. I'm looking at them like, man, like I, like, you know, I let those guys down. Like we lost, we didn't win that championship. We didn't do ultimately what we wanted to do as a team. And so, you know, over my time at covenant, you know, through meetings with coach and talking with other players, like it's been kind of a, a tough journey. And, and, you know, one of the things I've worked hardest on to learn to be motivated in a way that focuses on the gift that God has given me of, you know, being skilled as a basketball player and not necessarily I'm playing for my teammates or I'm playing for myself. 
you know, those times where I come in focused on a game and understand that, you know, we can, we can win, we can lose. I can have a great game. I can have a bad game. Anything can happen in this game, but the most important thing over the course of that game is that I'm focused on glorifying the Lord in the way that I play and the way that I carry myself. And out of that, out of that motivation will come an aggressive style of play. And sometimes a lot of success and joy in seeing my teammates succeed. So the, the biggest thing I learned, I think, was when I detached, you know, the motivation of basketball from myself and, and kind of learned to see myself as being motivated through my relationship with Christ. A lot of those, a lot of that stress of playing kind of was relieved. So, you know, I guess a, a long rambling answer to say, you know, <laughs> I started out motivated by, you know, just being successful and it, it shifted to being motivated you know, to play for my teammates. And, you know, now on the good days, it's, you know, I'm, I'm motivated to play because I have this talent that the Lord has given me. And it's a great way to bring glory to him by playing as hard as I can and expending all of that talent and carrying myself in a way that glorifies him. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it was really, it's really interesting to see just how, how we change over our, our lifetimes. Um, like when we when we get in, in this in, into our sports we we want to do it for fun and then we get better and we want to maybe play at the next level whether that's going from jv to varsity varsity to college we want to grow ourselves and be the best athlete that we can but i think there comes a point in time where you become unselfish and you become someone that wants to succeed no matter the cost, no matter if you're playing or not. Like you said, there comes a point in time that you understand what's best for the team and what's not best for the team. Uh, and then once you do that, mm -hmm. you'll have so much more success than when you were trying to do it for yourself. I think that says a lot about people that want to, follow Christ too, even if they don't understand like all that Christ did on this earth, being unselfish and being and working hard for a team is like Christ. You replicate Christ when you are unselfish. So it's really powerful that you, you said that and I've talked to others that I've had that same mentality growing up. Um, and it kind of just, it takes a weight off your shoulders when that happens. You've had obviously a lot of success throughout your career, especially in college. How, do you deal with failure when you do ultimately fail or maybe face adversity? I mean, I definitely think that I think about the times that I fail a lot more than the times that I succeed. And, I, you know, I think for the most part, a lot of athletes, that's kind of the way that they process them, you know, the way that they play or different games or, you know, over the course of a season, like, was it a failure or a success? Like, how do you, how do you gauge that? But I think failure and success both are very difficult to deal with and come with different challenges on, on the other end. Um, but, you know, for me, failure, it's, I think it's really easy to motivate yourself after failure to improve and to, you know, uh, I think the, the, the example that sticks in my mind is my sophomore year. We're having a fantastic season. We win our, you know, regular season championship and we go into the conference tournament, we host the whole thing. 
and we ended up winning the first the first game by like one point. Uh, Huntington had like a, a fast break at the end of the game, and and we just kind of poked the ball out. Clock runs out, we win. Escape, we escape uh, <laughs> to the second round, and we play Methodist. And we had played them earlier in the year, and in, in like the first Max Out Barnes game, and we had beat them by like twenty or something like that. We had dominated that game, and so. I think in, in some ways we came into the game thinking, man, like, you know, we killed this team earlier this year. Like, this is going to be easy. Um, and it was not because obviously we lost, we played a pretty terrible game. And I remember I only had 10 points that game. And going into that postseason and then the summer, all I was thinking about was like, man, like, like I was saying earlier, like I let my teammates down, like, you know, they were depending on me to do certain things. And I didn't do that when it was most important when the season was on the line. And so that really aided me throughout the, the course of the off season. And, you know, going into the junior year, I also was thinking like, man, I had a great season last year. What if I don't have as good of a season this year or I have a bad season? Like, how do I, how am I going to deal with that? Uh, you know, are people just going to hate me? Like what's, what's going to happen. And so that was a lot of that was on my mind going into junior year. It was just a lot of like anxiety and stress from my own expectations of myself. And over the course of, of that junior year, I met a lot with coach and we talked a lot about how to handle success. And it was just, it was very helpful to talk with him about that because um, I think you just, you have to approach failure and success both. Obviously, you know, this question was about failure, but I just, I think you have to focus a lot on growing yourself as a person because you know, when it comes to performance and whether your team has more points at the end of the game than the other, or, you know, you shoot a lower score or something like that, whatever sports you play, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And that, you know, hour and a half time where we're bouncing a basketball and running up and down the floor is a lot of fun and there's a lot of pressure. And if you win, there's a lot of glory. If you lose, there's a lot of pain. But at the end of the day, like basketball is going to go away. And come March of next year, I'll be done as a basketball player forever. The way that I thought about it was like these postseasons and summers are a way to prepare myself and grow myself as a person outside of basketball. Because the best, like I'm, who I am is not wrapped up in being number twenty-four and playing for Covenant and being the center and all this, all these things that you that I could label myself as. Like that's not who I am at all. It's a ton of fun, but it has no bearing on my spirit. It has no bearing on my standing with Jesus. And so through those conversations with the coach, I learned that those failures that you experience along the way as an athlete are a good way to kind of step back and think about, do I care about sports because I want to win? Or do I care about sports because I want to showcase this talent God has given me and glorify him through that? You know, I learned through a lot of a lot of that, like soul searching, I guess, is a good buzzword to use. But I learned that, you know, I just played because I was good and I was tall. Like, that's just I'm supposed to be a basketball player. And that's when that switch of, you know, I play because I've been gifted with this talent and I want to glorify the Lord. That's kind of when that not switch was flipped, but when I found that difference to be made. So you know, and another rambling answer, I guess, you know, failure is best dealt with by searching out your relationship with Christ and 
figuring out why you do what you just failed at and what you can learn from that. I think that's how I've learned to best deal with failure over the course of my time here. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great answer. You, we fail millions of times throughout, throughout our lives, especially in sports. So when you can't hit a pitch or make a basket in your instance, it can be really discouraging to want to just keep playing. But I think the way that I, I have dealt with that or have learned to deal with that um, is just by taking a step back or even like a time away for a period because it helps me to a realize what I'm doing wrong. It helps me to b make adjustments and corrections and then c understand that it's, it's really not the end of the world. Even when you fail, mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. Second Corinthians four <laughs> states that we're going to fail. We're going to get hurt. We even are going to go through persecution, but the good news is that God is never going to leave us. I know that it can be really discouraging and it can be really, really just hard at times. But for any listeners out there, it's it's motivating to see that God is never going to leave us even when we fail. Even when even when we may not want to play the game anymore, it's it's okay because he's going to be there with us through it all. So this quote I got from Michael Jordan, he's pretty much one of the most successful athletes of all time. Uh, he famously said, I've, mi I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to make the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. So how do you feel about this mentality? Um, I mean, he's, you know, the greatest a lot of people think he's the greatest of all time and that that mentality kind of helped carry him and his just rabid competitiveness helped carry him to six rings and you know a gold medal so I, I think it's I mean it's it's healthy I think to embrace your failures and embrace what you learn from them and you know I thankfully you know I'm not the guy usually when the game comes down to it like we Chris Barnett is that guy like he that's what he does is he hit he hits buzzer beaters and go ahead shots with you know less than one minute left um so you know and not not a lot of instances I have to deal with that kind of pressure but um I think it's I think it's really healthy for an athlete to understand that odds are like more times than not, you're going to fail. Like in baseball, if you hit the ball three times out of 10, you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. And in basketball, if you make 40% of your threes, you're considered an amazing shooter. And in, in both those instances, you miss more than you make or you whiff more than you hit. Like you're going to fail more than you succeed. And I think in that quote, like that's that's what makes the success so much sweeter is you work that hard and – you experience that failure so many times that once that shot goes in or you get that hit or, you know, you, you hit that perfect tee shot off the box or whatever you might do, it just feels that much sweeter. And I think that's just kind of the beauty of being an athlete is you really get to experience a lot of emotional highs and lows and you get to kind of learn how to deal with those emotions. You know, hopefully as an athlete, you, you, once you stop playing your sport, you can take that, experience and learning of your emotions into the rest of your life. And, and, you know, that's something that I've really worked on is trying to keep my emotions in check when I don't, when things don't go the way I want, like when I'm 
pissed at a ref or myself because I'm not playing well or something like, you know, instead of flying off the handle and yelling at the ref or getting in myself and, you know, getting super angry over the course of the game, I just got to speak to somebody like go talk to a teammate and, you know, the coach, it's very hard to stay down. Like we've got so many goofballs on our team that, you know, guys are either going to throw a joke at me or they're going to try to encourage me. There's so much positivity in that, that learning to, to deal with success and failure and the success made sweeter through your failure, I think is, is very, very beautiful as an athlete to, to view your sport that way. Hmm. That's a great mentality. Uh, it's, really hard to go fail so many times in your sport to keep wanting to go but like you said that's that's what makes the great ones great even when you fail seven times out of ten you're still considered the best of all time michael jordan also said that you have to be selfish to succeed until you reach a certain point i know we've talked about that a little bit how how true do you think that statement is I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't want to disagree with him. Michael <laughs> Jordan. Um, but uh, I, I think that there is a lot to be said about being unselfish as well. I mean, like, look at the Warriors. Like, they're an incredibly unselfish team, and they've experienced a crazy amount of success over the last, I, got, I mean, what is it now, 2021? Yeah, like six, seven years. Yeah. And, you know, it's all through playing an unselfish style. The Spurs are another example. They won five rings over the course of, I guess, 15 or so years, or I guess, yeah. And they were incredibly unselfish. And Tim Duncan, who's the greatest power forward of all time, is not mentioned in, in the, you know, superstar conversation a lot of the times. He's a very forgotten player. So, you know, for Michael Jordan, it worked for him. And I don't know, you know, he's the greatest of all time, so it's hard to, to say he's wrong. But I think there's also a lot of value both within and outside of sports and playing unselfishly. If you play selfishly as an athlete, if you're good enough, like you can win a lot of games and you can get some rings and, and be considered a great player. But I think it's much more fulfilling to play and live in an unselfish manner because it just, it, there's a lot more fruit that's, that's born from that and, and relationships last a lot longer. And, that's why I continue to play basketball is because of the relationships that I have with my teammates and coaches. I absolutely love spending time with them. And I know that those guys are going to help me grow. So it's not necessarily because I know I'm going to become a better player because I'm playing with them, which I, I will, but it's because I know those guys are locked in on growing as men. And I know the coaches are locked in on, you know, helping point us towards Jesus in every instance possible. So, you know, I think obviously in Michael Jordan's case, that that selfishness that he's talking about bore a lot of fruit for him in terms of trophies and, and accolades and recognition. But in my experience, being in an unselfish program has kind of yielded a crazy amount of growth in my life, and I would not have traded it for anything. When I saw that quote, it was it kind of made me think about like when you are selfish – like you said, it might be good during your sport, but when you're unselfish, that will help you so much more outside of your sport. Helping others and seeing others succeed will make make others see how how like Christ you are, and it'll also make you feel closer to God during that. But like you said, like I 
I've tried the selfish route. I've tried doing everything for me and it just hadn't worked. Michael Jordan was the best, mm -hmm. one of the best of all time. It may have worked for him, but in my experience, it didn't work. So do you feel like the lessons about success and failure can be used in your career and even life when you're done playing? Uh, absolutely. You know, I'm in the MAT program right now, getting my master's in teaching. So, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing in the future. And I think just the the way that we live, I think today is is kind of whittled down to wins and losses. And even in life of, well, you know, did you get this raise or did you get the job you want? And if you didn't, then that's, you know, oh, man, you know, better luck next time. Like that's a loss, I guess, in life and or a failure. Uh, but, you know, I think playing sports and, and losing as many times as I had, you know, like I've, I've played a season where my team didn't win a single game. And I was 13 years old. We were playing AAU basketball and we'd show up to these tournaments and just get absolutely destroyed every game. And I remember going home with my my parents and I was like, what, like, what are we doing? I, like we, we show up to these games and these kids are just like, we're not going to win any of these games. Like, why do we keep coming back to play? And I remember my, you know, my, my parents were, they're just, you know, trying to encourage me and like, you know, well, you know, just want to, you know, want to try to have fun. And, and then my dad stopped and he was like, well, you know, having fun is good, but, you know, obviously you want to win as much as you can, but learning to lose helps you when you win to, you know, be gracious when you win and, you know, understand what it takes to win and how bad it feels to lose. It helps you appreciate that success that much more. You know, I think moving into actual real life outside of, you know, playing college sports and, and going to class every day, realizing that, you know, not everything is going to go your way, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily have, have failed in life. And, you know, I not married, don't have any kids, don't have a real job yet, but I imagine once you get there, like that's a lot of pressure. And uh, I think that that striving to chase after Jesus and, and point others to Jesus and try to take them with you as much as possible is the greatest success you can find in life. And along the way, you will have smaller, you know, or bigger failures, you know, whatever happens in your life happens. But I think that the biggest thing that I have learned over the course of my I guess 16 years playing basketball is that if the goal is to bring yourself closer to Christ and to chase after Christ in, in a positive way, instead of running from, instead of simply just running from sin or running from something else, but saying like, no, like I'm focused on running to Jesus and doing everything I can to grow closer towards him, that life will be so much more fulfilling. It'll be easier to put those failures in perspective and, as, as hard as life might get. And, and, you know, like my, my best friend's uh, grandfather just died. And when I was a freshman in high school, my grandmother passed away. And that was, you know, the, the first time in my life where like, you know, a super close relative had passed away. It was so devastating. And, you know, that feeling of emptiness, like I, you know, still remember it all the time today, thinking about, you know, my, my grandma and it's, it's really difficult, but to know that, you know, she is, is in heaven with Jesus right now. Like that to me is, is like a, is a rejoicing thing. And you hear that at a funeral where, you know, we need to rejoice that she's in heaven. And you're thinking like, dude, just shut up. Like, I don't want to hear that right now, but it's true. 
mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that like those those losses and the difficult thing that happened in your life are still going to be so so hard and so difficult. But if you're if your focus in life is to chase after Jesus and find Him everywhere in your life, I just I don't want to say it's going to make it easier, but I think it'll it, it will reap a lot of benefits and make things more beautiful. I guess over the course of your life. Hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry about your loss. I know it's it, it can be hard to lose a really close relative, but the lessons you learn from sports, I think, will, like you said, will teach you so much about life and so much in your career, just about trusting in God and learning from those failures. And when you do succeed, just staying humble and giving that to God. Like I said before, we're going to fail so many times throughout our lives. So in all honesty, we need to get used to failure because we don't need to let failure stop us from what we want to do, what our dreams are. And lastly, when you do get to that mountaintop of success, you have to remember where you were before. You have to remember the people that were around you, all the hard work you went through. And most importantly, you have to acknowledge God because even when you fail and even when you succeed, your mentality of Christ should never change. When you fail, you shouldn't be mad at God for letting you fail. That's not how Christ works. But the final question I have for you uh, is what's one thing that a coach or another player or a parent has has told you that has stuck with you about success and failure? I think the best example of like something really that has motivated me and, and pushed me over the last couple of years is after my freshman year, we – well, so over the course of my freshman year, I had a great season and we made it to the conference championship game in the tournament and ended up losing to Maryville. Uh, I mean, they pretty much dominated the game. Like we, we just ran out of gas, didn't really have a chance. But, you know, we lost that game. Super sad. Like, you know, guys like Berto, Dryden and, and Pedro, Twagariezu, like their careers are over. The guys that I love really enjoyed playing with, you know, seeing them deal with playing their last basketball game ever was really tough. And uh, when I had like the, our postseason meeting with Coach Young, he brought me in and he was like, listen, man, you know, you love to have fun. You love to goof off. And that's still still very much true today. But he said like, you know, this failure that we experienced, you know, we had a lot of successes this season. We did a lot of things that we – at the beginning, didn't think we had the capacity to do. We won a lot of games we shouldn't have won. And in the end, you know, we can say, oh, we failed. We didn't win a, a conference championship. But he said, you know, that the thing that I would say to you to make the transition from your freshman to sophomore year and beyond is to start taking serious parts of your life serious. Stop, you know, goofing off when it's time to be serious. And as simple as that sounds, like that was really big for me because – you know, I was somebody that just wanted to laugh as much as possible and goof off at all times. You know, didn't really have a lot of focus, especially when, it, you know, during, you know, film sessions, walkthroughs, like the where you really have to be like mentally locked in and ready to go. I wasn't at that point yet as a player. And you know, he was like, you know, that's that's all very important for you to be serious about those things. And then he stopped and he was like, but like, What's more important is that you start to take the serious parts of your life serious, like 
quiet times, class, relationships with families, relationships with friends, all these things that I hadn't really thought about. I just felt like, man, you know, as you live, you know, you make friends, you know, you keep loving your family and, you know, you go to college and it was just kind of a, a series of a sequence of events that just was supposed to happen. And the thought of like taking them seriously and, and trying to maximize the potential of the things that I was doing hadn't really occurred to me. So, you know, I guess that, that, you know, piece of advice from coach Young where he said like, take things seriously that are meant to be serious. That's been one of the biggest things that I continue to think back on a lot, uh, you know, going through each day and, you know, getting closer and closer to being in the real world. Uh, it's, it's a really, really powerful piece of advice that coach Young gave me. Yeah. That's a, a great piece of advice because I think it, it will help you when maybe you're working out or you're doing your homework and just doing the little things really well and taking those serious will have ramifications for your entire life. But I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on. It was, it was a great, great conversation we had and I look forward to maybe having you on another time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I've, I really enjoy listening to the previous episodes and you're, doing a great thing, doing a great job. I really appreciate you. Appreciate it, Will.